Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Show Me How Good It Gets. I'm your host, Malvika. Hello, 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 beautiful people. I am sorry for taking such a long hiatus. I really like sat down to record so many times and was like, I have nothing to say and I should not be allowed to have a podcast. Closed my laptop, continued along with my day. And then the longer I put it off, the more I was like, I really do not have anything worthwhile to say. And moving is stressful and building a new life for yourself is stressful. And I felt like I wasn't being all, show me how good it gets. I really felt like I was throwing a pity party for myself day in and day out, and I did not want to record that and put that out into the universe. These are all simply excuses, but I feel happy to be back. Like Once I started talking, I feel good. I feel good. I'm happy to be here. And I thought we could do kind of like a paradigm shifts plus Q&A episode, kind of just catching you up on what my past month has been like. I know I recorded like the first 24 hours in my apartment, but that was kind of a small snippet of the move versus I want to talk about like classes starting, making friends, all of this kind of bigger stuff. So how am I? I got so many DMs, by the way, which were so kind, like miss the podcast, hope you're doing well. And I always forget that people kind of value my presence on here. So messages like that are really sweet. I'm doing well. I feel settled in my new place. I have read that it takes around a year to feel fully settled in a new place. So I'm only um, one twelfth of the way there probably because I've been here for one month now. And classes are phenomenal. I feel the most intellectually stimulated I ever have in my life. And I feel like each of my classes, the discussions we have, the readings we have, the homework we have, I feel like it's been designed specifically for me and what I want to learn. And I feel so lucky to be in a program like that. And from that aspect, I've been thriving. Um, Things are challenging, but not so challenging that I'm crying every day, which I feel like is the sweet spot. And I feel like I'm struggling a little bit socially, which you know, maybe I should take my own advice and throw a game night or something. I did. Me, I made one friend and we sent a message in our like Slack group chat to our cohort to like get everyone together this Saturday night. So that should be fun. But it is difficult to move to a new place and like start anew with friends, especially when everyone knows I loved the friends I made in undergrad and it is hard. And I realized about myself, I'm so bad at medium things. Like I either need to be someone's best friend, like we are each other's everything, or it's like, eh, it's not worth spending my time on this thing, which, you know, is probably harmful. But in some ways it's good, right? Like I could commit to this PhD program because I was so intensely like, yeah, this is what I want to do. But I just don't have medium feelings on anything. Like even when I'm dating people, it's like zero or a hundred. And it's kind of an interesting space for your brain to be at all the time. But I'm learning to work with it. I'm slowly finding people that I I vibe with, I like speaking to, you know, I like going on a walk with or a run with. And I think that's a good starting step. And 
I, I guess this is to say if anyone else is also moving and starting out, like it's, it, it is challenging, right? And it's no matter your attitude, it's challenging. And I, I don't want to paint it out to be like perfect roses and rainbows and butterflies, but it, it's felt pretty good so far. I'm nervous about the winter because right now my saving grace is being able to go on walks and like see the sun and like sit by the lake and all this stuff and I just already am dreading the winter time I feel like I'm gonna have the worst cabin fever ever so if people have ways to combat that please 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 let me know other things I've been up to oh my god I read Jeanette McCurdy's book I'm glad my mom died it was kind of a hard read just because of the content of the book but she's a good writer um and I feel even stronger about my stance on child actors now so that's that and okay I think I should probably get into the episode I've never been one to do like these like long intros but I felt like this time maybe it I needed to just to give you a little update on where I'm at but let's do a little bit of paradigm shifts and then maybe we could do some Q&A's because I've gotten some interesting ones that I feel like I should talk about on here okay first up I this, I didn't flip through my journal. This is just my latest entry and I'm going to start off with this one. But I have been challenging myself as a facet of like moving to a new place and needing connection with people to put away my phone and anything I could do on my phone, if it takes me a little longer to do in person, I'm doing it in person. Like I know we have like Phil's mobile ordering and Starbucks mobile ordering now, but I refuse to let myself do that. I will walk up to the counter. I will talk to the barista and I will order that way. And that's been a huge thing for me lately because even that like little interaction of like talking to random people, strangers on the street has really helped me feel like I have more of a community than I maybe really do. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe like this community always exists for us and sometimes we're just too busy on our phones. And I love walking around with my AirPods in, but I'm trying to not do that when I'm on campus and when I'm like walking from class to class or something like that because... I don't know, people will come up to you. Like these two really nice girls came up to me and they were like, I love your earrings. Where did you get them? And we started talking for like 15 minutes and they were so, so sweet. Um, So that's been really helping me. I don't know if that's necessarily a paradigm shift, but it is something I'm going to continue implementing in my life because I've derived a ton of value from it. Okay, let me flip through. I'm going to go this time a while back just to surprise myself. Oh my God. Okay. I do really want to talk about this. So last year, it's now been over a year. I went through a breakup as everyone knows. And right after the breakup, I had so much work. Like I had grad school apps and I was taking a really full course load. And I remember I had to do so much work in such a short amount of time while I was also dealing with kind of my own grief and sadness about a breakup and just like weird feelings about love and romance and dating and so something I would do which I'm still to this day doing and I found so helpful is I'll sit down to do work right like I'll sit down I'm doing work and every time my mind kind of really vastly wanders and I start going down this rabbit hole of like oh I kind of want to check their Instagram or I kind of want to like snoop on them or like really think about them or like stop working for like 10 minutes just like sit there blank stare and like think about this person or this thing and like really go down this vicious cycle with myself 
I will get up, pack up all my things, move to a new spot, like a new spot in the library or walk five minutes and go to a different, like a coffee shop or something, sit down and work there. And studies have shown like literally getting up and moving your body helps you kind of nip that thought in the bud. And I found it to be so helpful even now, like way over that breakup, but like even now when I'm, I'm feeling really sad about something or I'm feeling really bogged down by like a part of my work or like my code isn't compiling or something like that, I literally get up, move to a new location, sit back down, start again. And something about that action, I swear to you, changes everything for me. And and maybe this isn't for everyone, like everyone is different, da da da, da. But I swear to you, I felt like it, it's kind of like rewiring your brain chemistry. Like it's making neurons fire in, fire in a new way. It's like every time I think about this, I'm going to get up, move. And that has been so helpful. Also, I'm sure it has to do with just moving your body. Like that's such a powerful thing that we take for granted. But I have loved doing that and I did that for a while about like sad emotions and now I literally do it if I feel like I'm running into a wall with writer's block or with something like that. So highly, highly recommend. Tell me if you try this. I think it's also especially helpful if you're a student. I I wonder how this would work if you're working like in a corporate setting, I guess like you get up, you go to the water cooler and you get some water. You get up, you go to the fridge or like you get up, you take a lap, like you go see a work friend or you go to like the kitchen. I'm sure in your own lives, you can figure out a way to implement this and tell me if it works for you. And I really think we could start something here. It really works for me, I promise. Okay, and now I have something that I've been wanting to talk about And I guess I haven't really known how because it feels kind of woo-woo spiritual. But then like this morning I was thinking about it and I, my whole, the title of this podcast is kind of woo-woo, right? Like I have to kind of lean into that. And this is something I really believe and have found to be really helpful. I, okay, so (laughs) the story behind this is a while ago when I first moved into this place, I was trying to get into meditation, which all love and respect to meditation. I can't do it. Like <laughs> I can't seem to just sit still or lay there and meditate because I go down these weird rabbit holes. Like it, I'm not doing it correctly. I know that for a fact. So I downloaded Headspace. This is obviously not an ad. You can download like Calm, Headspace, any of them. I really want to. Can I tell you guys something? I at some point really want to like make a guided meditation. I don't know why I think it was probably such a conceited thought, but I think I could be good at that for some reason. But yeah, so I was listening to this guided meditation on Headspace because I thought, you know what, maybe if it's guided, I'll be better at doing this. And I listened to one. It didn't work for me because I just was so distracted. Like, I honestly think meditating makes me more distracted than just like doing tasks because then I think my brain can kind of focus on the task. Like if I'm driving or if I'm like watering my plants or something, that feels in ways more meditative to me, question mark. I don't know if this is, this just means my brain is broken, but so I'm like listening to all these guided meditations and nothing is really doing it for me. Um, And then I came across one, which, oh my God, I should have saved it. But it said this thing, which when I heard it, I was like, aha, of course they're saying this, but It said, 
I am everyone and everyone is me. The only difference is circumstance. I am everyone and everyone is me. The only difference is circumstance. And I heard this and I was like, yeah, this is some woo-woo stuff, you know? And then I went about my day with a failed meditation. And I really did keep repeating that to myself all day. And something about this phrase has really... If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed been transformative in the way I feel compassion towards others and this is not me trying to pat myself on the back like or some weird like look how good I am because obviously I am a deeply deeply flawed human being and like think mean things about other people sometimes but just kind of I went to Trader Joe's the other day and someone out in front was like kind of mean to me and I think it was like kind of racist even Um, and really it took me aback. Like I was like shocked. Right. And then like subconsciously I I said this thing to myself, like I'm everyone, everyone is me. The only difference is circumstance. And I was like, you know what? She probably had a bad day today or like the way she was raised. She was probably raised with like a really like racist upbringing and has like not done the work to unlearn that. And who knows? Maybe if I was having a really bad day today, I would have been accidentally mean to someone like, I just happen to have a good day. And of course it sounds silly and I think this is like a really overdone piece of advice, but the way I wanted to talk about it on the pod today was to do with parents. I get so many questions specifically about immigrant parents and how to kind of bridge gaps with them and talk to them. I am very close to my parents and, you know, it's obviously something I'm, working on all the time and I wouldn't say it's perfect by any means but I think we like both parties show each other a lot of compassion even during hard conversations and it's really helpful if they say something that I don't necessarily agree with or I think is like kind of from an older way of thinking about things especially about like relationships or something like that I literally tell myself I'm everyone and everyone is me the only difference is circumstance and this super, super helps with that context because I don't know if I was born in India, you know, 50 years ago and I had that kind of upbringing and education and, you know, those sort of like cultural norms were deeply embedded in me, what my takes would be about a lot of things I have takes on because I'm a 22-year-old who was born in California, right? Like, my circumstances, what I've been surrounded by is just different. And 
I know this is something that we think about often, right? Like context matters. We always say that context really matters. But to actually put it into practice when I think about compassion for the older generation or for my friends or for really strangers, like strangers I interact with, it helps me feel less annoyed at people. And again, like back to the stranger outside of Trader Joe's, I I really, she's like said some mean things to me and I like took a breath and I was like, you know what? It's not my problem. It's not my problem. I'm not her. Like I'm not in her shoes right now. So I can't properly judge this. And I went about my day and that's been kind of a, a helpful tool to have in my back pocket is like saying that mantra to myself. And I think just for me, mantras really help me. And I'm sure for someone else, like a different mantra will help them. But if this can even ease one person's mind and help one person's relationship with their parents or to help a conversation with their parents, I think it's worth it. So I just wanted to share that with all of you. Okay, wait, I'm now realizing this is going to be kind of a lot more of a Mod Podge episode than I thought it would be because there's something else I really want to talk about, which is attachment styles. I kind of touched on this in my episode with Catherine, Just Break Up, which, by the way, that episode did so much foreshadowing, and I love listening back to it, and I obviously think Catherine is brilliant and kind and genuine and wonderful. Um, and I, I talked about attachment styles quite a bit in that, but I've been getting a lot of DMs about what my attachment style is and how I've kind of shifted it over time. And here it is. Drumroll, please. I think I have a secure attachment style. Yay. Did I always? No. And the way that kind of changed was actually being in a bad relationship. It was being in a relationship with someone who uh, like did break my trust. And what I learned in that was that you can never get someone to sign a piece of paper saying, I'm never going to break your trust, right? So like if you're in something and you feel really anxious, no amount of you feeling anxious will make that person better, will make that person love you correctly or love you the way you want and deserve to be loved. And, and when I understood that, when I understood that if someone treated me poorly, I could walk away that's when my attachment style changed from anxious to secure. And of course, there's like a lot of other work that went into that, but it really helps to know that like you are strong enough, powerful enough, and yes, it'll hurt, but you are strong enough, powerful enough to walk away from someone if they do not treat you correctly. So why spend all your time in a relationship being anxious about it? And that's not to say it's not a very valuable like way to live. Like I, I do think gut feelings and all that is like holds a lot of merit, but and then, my, and then my second prong to this answer would be that however secure you are, some partners are going to bring out the ugly in you. Some partners are going to bring out the anxious in you. And other people are going to make you even more secure and make it feel even easier and make you feel even more comfortable with the status of the relationship. So yes, attachment styles do matter, but so do your partners like your partner will bring and you you will know you will know if you feel this like constant need to like look at your partner's phone or something like that versus when you just feel at ease you're like I don't even need to glance over there because I know they're I know they're like I don't know like playing some game on their phone because they're not interested in anyone else like another crazy thing now I'm going off on a tangent 
is like TikTok algorithms or Instagram explore page algorithms, your partner should not have an algorithm that's like only showing them other women, in my opinion, if you're in like a straight relationship. Like, I feel like that's weird. I'm just, I'm going to say it. And maybe I should make a TikTok about this. But in my past relationship, like I remember we would be like sitting on a sofa, like scrolling through Instagram or TikTok together. And it would be like all women he did not know looking very beautiful and it would make me feel like kind of insecure and I was like you know what it's just like it's just his algorithm there's nothing to do with him and then like my male friends or other like other guys their algorithms are like look at this like call of duty defeat I just did or like let me tell you about music theory or like this song mashup and it's just different and I don't know I think that's something to watch out for I'm not trying to make you guys have like fights with your partners at all but interesting tidbit that is not a fully fleshed out thought yet, but let me know if you want me to talk more about that or make a TikTok about it. I do kind of now want to make a TikTok about it though, just to see like comments rack up of other people. I think that'd be very interesting. I might do that right after I do this. Um, and then I wanted to kind of close out this episode with a DM I got recently, which I've responded to in private and we've kind of talked through in private. But I, of course, anonymously want to talk about this DM. So let me just pull it up because I think it's, it's powerful and it's kind of, um, it's kind of helpful when you know other people are going through stuff like this too, if you're also going through it. So very sweet lady, DM me this. Hey, so, um, I really like this guy. We faced him almost every night and he's literally everything I've always wanted. He hinted how he wants me to be his girlfriend. Recently, I found out that he abused many girls slash his exes before. I even had a conversation with one of his exes. We have mutual friends, and she was so understanding and honest with me. I feel so stupid, heartbroken, shocked. I think that it's my responsibility to cut off communication. How do I do it when I liked him so much and I saw so much potential? I was falling hard for him, and now I feel so physically sick every time I hear his name. But it's a weird combo because my feelings haven't completely faded. I responded and then she said okay wait do you think I should just tell him how I know about all this or just ghost so this is this is a heavy one right and I I don't want to give this girl or give any of you like here's the formula to get over heartbreak you do a you do b you do c you journal blah, blah, blah and you're over it because that's just genuinely not the case you cannot intellectualize your way out of heartache I really do believe it requires time and new experiences and really sitting in your pain for a while. Chelsea Handler says um, this thing where she's like, you kind of have to let your grief be a toddler and tire itself out. So you kind of have to sit in it and really let your body experience it. So that's my first thing. Okay. My next thing is that she said, I liked him so much and saw so much potential. And potential is a dangerous thing, right? Because potential is something really that we are making up in our heads. All that love that you're giving this person is yours. Like You are coming up with that love. You are coming up with that compassion. You are what's saying, oh, he has so much potential to be this perfect guy. When the facts are really showing that he's not this perfect guy. Um, And that's hard news to receive. It's hard news to receive that he's been so awful to his other exes before but I I think there's something powerful here about how women can look out for for other women and be like hey like this dude 
isn't great and he wasn't great to me and you know you can make your own decisions but I just wanted you to know the fact and I think this girl who DM me is obviously great in her in her taking of the information right because I know a lot of people wouldn't take the information but she she took it and and now she gets to treat this like a breakup and like she said so many times later in our conversation like I know we didn't have a real relationship so I feel bad like mourning it like this but you you do mourn it. It is something ending. It is something dying. You do get to mourn it. And it's not her responsibility to tell him or like to try to change him or even her responsibility to leave. But if, if you're feeling physically sick every time you hear his name or see his name pop up on your phone, like that is probably a sign that your gut knows something is wrong, that the girls are right, that you need to get out. And so you get to treat it like a real breakup and be really sad about it. And I think it's especially hard when a guy isn't what he's cracked up to be, right? Like you build up this like perfect scenario in your head of like, okay, we're talking and he's so nice to me and he wants to date me and then we're going to date and it's going to be great and it's going to be perfect. And ultimately you find out you don't even really know this person and that's like, devastating thing and I think it's not unique to this generation at all but I think so many people are going through it because of the fact that we like have social media and girls can contact each other and it is kind of an interesting phenomenon to see um and I guess I don't have a lot to say about it but I wanted to bring this to the fore because I get a lot of questions relating to like, we didn't date, so I don't get to have like a real breakup. So how do I get over this? And the thing is like, you do. No one is telling you that you can't feel like you had a breakup just because it wasn't official yet. This is a weird thing our generation does of like, well, we weren't exclusive, so he wasn't really my boyfriend. So I can't act like I just went through a breakup. And I honestly think sometimes those are worse because you didn't have, you didn't even have the real closure of having a relationship and have, having a relationship not work out. Sometimes I think it's easier when you had this full expansive relationship, you find out why you both don't work together and then you get to cut things and then you get to end it because then you have concrete things to latch onto of why things didn't work. But before it's even a relationship, you're mourning a lot of things that like didn't actually happen. So ultimately, here's what my advice would be. It would be that you're allowed to mourn everything that happened everything he really said to you he really expressed to you all of that you're allowed to think about you're allowed to like obsess over you're allowed to cry in your bed about the things that you made up the thing the future right the things that didn't happen that like oh maybe next christmas he would have come over to my house all of that you have to put to the side because that didn't happen and that's in your head. That's love you made up and gave to another person. And you could just as easily give that to someone else. I know right now in this moment, it doesn't feel like it, but I promise, I promise, promise, promise that's the case. And I, I am sending this girl so much love. And if it's happening to her, I know it's probably happening to other people, which is why I wanted to talk about it and send anyone who's experiencing heartache of any kind, a big hug. And I want you to know that it does get better and you will not be late for your own life. I promise. Okay. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm still getting back into the swing of things. So I'm glad you are showing me grace. I really, really, really appreciate it. And this is going to start happening weekly again. I promise. 
as always, shoot me a DM. Talk to me. I love, love, love that. Okay? Bye. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah! And that's a wrap. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and listening to this week's episode. If you want more, follow at Show Me How Good It Gets podcast. I read all the DMs I get on there. And then my personal Instagram account is at MalvikaBot and my TikTok is at MalTalks. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a rating, preferably a five-star rating. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I hope you can write us a fun little review and write us there as well. Once again, thank you guys for hanging out. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.